day and opportunity is in the air. This is Philip with Soul Insights and you are tuned in to Good Morning Market, where everyday businesses are empowered to lead their market with the latest in market news, insights, and strategy. Hello everybody, welcome to Good Morning Market. It is now February, we've gone through Groundhog Day. I'm not sure if you're expecting more winter or... I don't know, last winter, I know that uh, where I'm at, there's this confusing uh, climate that my state of Georgia can't make up its mind. I'm simultaneously sneezing my brains out because of the pollen, and also I had to wear a jacket this morning because it's kind of cold and cool. Don't know what's going on with the weather, but I do know what's going on with the market, and I do know what's going on with business, and so I want to share some time with you so we can all grow our businesses. Please, uh, once again, I'm, I'm putting the call out there. Um, as much as I love to go find guests that I enjoy, this is all about you, the audience. I want to make sure that the Good Morning Market community hears from the voices and the leaders and the stories that you most value. So while Philip is eagerly and actively working to get bigger and more prominent guests, uh, incredible marketing experts, business leaders, scalers, coaches, mentors, uh, please DM me, uh, email me, philip with two L's, soulinsights.com, or shoot me a DM through LinkedIn. Let me know who you'd like to see on the program. I really am um, looking to y'all to guide and steer me when it comes to what voices we bring onto Good Morning Market. Speaking of which, we were scheduled to have uh, Jacob McQuarrie from uh, Yakum uh, Apparel, Really cool story, and we actually um, started to go down that road of, of recording that conversation and had uh, quite a lot of technical difficulties trying to get the all that stuff taken care of so we could get you a good um, uh, discussion to listen to. And so having to pull an audible here, I'm looking to get Jacob uh, and his team uh, back on Good Morning Market uh, in, the, in, those, in the near future, so to speak. But had to pull an Omaha, and so now we're going to talk about some brand new research coming out uh, and featured in Harvard Business Review that's going to help you better make pricing decisions to optimize your sales activity and uh, convince those consumers to shop with you. That's the topic for Good Morning Market, but let's first go into the market roundup for the week. Ladies and gentlemen, we have three really cool pieces of news for y'all related to the market. Uh, some economic good news on, on the whole. Let's go over news item number one coming from Savannah CEO. The headline is wage inflation for small businesses continues to decline. Rate of small business hiring remains strong. The rate of hourly wage growth for U.S. small businesses continued to decline to 4.66% year over year in January, according to the latest paychecks. Employment Watch. Additionally, the one-month annualized earnings growth fell to 2.88% in January, the lowest level since December of 2020. The Small Business Jobs Index, which measures national employment growth for businesses with fewer than 50 workers, rose by, we'll say, two-tenths of a percent to 99.5. And a quote from that article, our small business wage data indicates that wage gains are moderating as has been the aim of monetary policy by the Fed, said James Diffley, regional, chief regional economist at IHS Market. News headline number two, that would be unemployment falls to 3.4%, lowest in 53 years, according to a new jobs report featured in the Wall Street Journal. U.S. job growth accelerated at the start of the year as employers added a robust 517,000 jobs and pushed the unemployment rate to a 53-year low. 
The unexpectedly strong hiring gains raise questions about whether the economy, which had been losing momentum over the past several months, is starting to pick up steam again. If so, that could prompt a more aggressive response by the Federal Reserve as it raises interest rates in an attempt to temper economic growth and bring down inflation. Finally, from that article, January seasonally adjusted payroll gains were the largest since July of 2022 and snapped the string of five straight months of slowing employment growth, the Labor Department said on Friday. December job growth was also stronger than previously estimated, pushing the average job gains for the last three months to 356,000, well above the 2019 pre-pandemic average of 163,000. And the unemployment rate was 3.4% last month, its lowest level since May of 1969. The average work week rose to its highest level since March of 2022, reversing declines in the fourth quarter. And we have one more piece of news for y'all regarding the market roundup. Some good news on the whole for businesses everywhere. The National Federation of Independent uh, Businesses, new jobs report, small business job openings back up in January coming out of Washington, D.C. According to the NFIB's monthly jobs report, 57% of owners reported hiring or trying to hire in January up two points. Of those hiring or trying to hire, 91% of owners reported few or no qualified applicants for the positions they were trying to fill. 27% of owners reported few qualified applicants for their open positions and 25% did none, or reported uh, none. Quote, the labor shortage continues to be a major concern for small businesses in the new year, as nearly all owners trying to hire are reporting no or few qualified applicants, said the NFIB chief economist Bill Dunkelberg. Small businesses sales opportunities are limited because of the staffing shortages, but owners continue to make changes in business operations to compensate. That's not a good news for y'all as, uh, as employers, but on the whole, good news from the economy in this week's Market Roundup. One of my favorite business publications, which I actually have not been reading as much as I used to, is the Harvard Business Review. It really is a great resource for strategy, for culture, for uh, tactics. It, it, it's it's wonderful. I love the Harvard Business Review, and I noticed a post featured from one of my influencers on LinkedIn, and it's new research. We got some new research that I thought was very helpful, and so I wanted to share it with y'all Um it's, it's very helpful to retail, but it's very helpful to a myriad of business industries because what have we been talking about a lot? Uh, inflation, people have been really struggling with how do I price my product given all these different forces and changes, you know, interest rates, inflation rates, uh, supply chain shortages, scarcity, uh, production costs, the whole kit and caboodle, and of course, global competition because increasingly, if you're selling a product, you know, uh, you're not just competing against the folks in town, you're competing against options across the world. So January 20th, 2023, we have new research that was featured in the Harvest Business Review, co-authored by a Mr. Evangelidis and a Miss Gunati. The title of the article is Research How Price Changes Influence Consumers Buying Decisions. And uh, once again, you know, pricing is really important. We have to get better and better about changing price. Why the article will tell us, we're going to go through this article, but I think it gives us insights into the best tactics to influence sales, but then also putting our shopper's hat on, it helps us be more aware of our natural bias and tendencies when it comes to what, how can pricing changes not manipulate us, potentially there could be manipulative pricing tactics, but influence us to purchase or not to purchase, that is the question. So we're going to go over through this article, 
we're going to share some of our thoughts and then we'll wrap it home. So going into the article, it brings up an interesting point. More and more um, transparency and data straight up for shoppers. Not only can you look at more and more alternatives easily across a desktop or even a smartphone experience, you can even look at the pricing changes over time when you're looking at a product, uh, even down to using tools like Honey when you can actually see a full-on line chart and see how expensive it is compared to alternatives or um, how expensive it was year over year or month over month. It's crazy the technology. So let's get into this article and talk about why this is a problem that we need to address and why we can't ignore it. We need to understand consumer behavior around here. Whether you're buying a plane ticket, pair of socks, more and more online shopping platforms are now offering consumers a detailed look into products' historical pricing. But how does this information influence buying decisions? To explore this question, we, meaning the researchers, conducted a series of experiments with a total of more than 5,000 business school students and working adults across the United States and Europe. We measured the impact of different kinds of price shifts on people's interests in purchasing products such as uh, plane tickets, a new TV, Bluetooth speakers, or a reusable water bottle. In each study, we showed participants identical product information, but we varied both the direction, i.e. whether the price increase or decrease, and frequency, the number of increases or decreases. So both you know, the, the variation of the price uh, change and then how often you change the price of the price data that they were shown. We then asked them whether they wanted to buy the product and we identified several consistent trends. Let's continue in the article. First, when consumers saw that the price today was lower than it had been in the past, they were more likely to buy now because the current price seemed to be a good deal. Similarly, when consumers saw that the price today was higher than it had been in the past, they were less likely to buy now because the current price seemed like a bad deal. For example, all else being equal, consumer sees that a product currently is priced at 100 bucks. It was $200 last week they're more likely to buy now. Since the current price is more appealing than the previous price. Conversely, they see that same product was $50 last week, now it's $100. They're likely to hold off on purchasing since the current price is less appealing than the previous price. All right, we all get that, right? Pretty simple, straightforward. All right, now let's get into the other variable, how many, the number of pricing changes. The picture gets more complicated when you consider the frequency of historical pricing shifts. In our studies, we found that if the consumers were shown at least three changes in the same direction, they were likely to assume the price would continue to move in the same direction. Whereas if they were only shown one or two changes in the same direction, they expected the price to change in the opposite direction. In other words, if a product that's currently priced at 100 bucks was $200 two weeks ago, 150 last week, and 125 yesterday, consumers will expect the price to continue to fall. We're seeing a trend here, ladies and gentlemen, making them likely to hold off on purchasing. But if they only see that the current price is 100 and the price two weeks ago was 200, or if they see that it was 200 two weeks ago, $50 last week, and $200 today, yesterday, then consumers are more likely to expect that the price will go back up again, pushing them to buy now. So it, just to make sure y'all are tracking, if you're doing a sharp one-time price change, it's going to make people perk up, all right? Um, if it's a sharp price uh, change down, okay, that's a good deal. I need to get that. Sharp price change up. Uh, that's too too expensive. I mean, I mean, when last time I checked it or whatever the previous marker was, ah, it was lower. That's too expensive. But then if you start creating some kind of trend like a ding 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 more iterative 
incremental price change down or up. They're seeing a trend. They expect that trend to continue and they will act accordingly. If they see a bunch of trickle, trickle, trickle price drops, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to play the waiting game. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, kind of uh, put on my poker face and wait for you to fold. I'll just keep on expecting it to decline. Conversely, if they see that the price trickle, trickle, trickles up, okay, maybe there's a bunch of demand for this right now, or it's really hot. So I need to grab it because it's going to continue to go up. That's kind of how this mind is working when they're doing this experiment. So what does this mean for sellers? We're going to get into that, into that part of what it means for sellers. Let's hear a quick message from our sponsor for today's episode, Soul Insights. This episode is sponsored by Soul Insights. Is your business looking to hit the next level of growth? For many businesses, they know they need to spend more on marketing, but don't want to simply shoot in the dark. They want a smart, data-driven path to solid growth. If this is you, then Soul Insights can help you to identify, attract, and retain ideal customers. Soul Insights is a strategic marketing agency which helps small and mid-sized businesses understand their best customers, who they are, their shopping behavior, and acquire new best customers based on that data. Oh, and it's all measured and tracked to ensure you get more profit bang for your marketing bug. Head to soulinsights.com right now and take the 90-second quiz to find your path to the next level. So let's talk about what this means for us as business owners who are setting pricing for whatever our product or service is, especially if it's more of a transactional type of nature. If your goal is to encourage consumers to buy now, okay, our research, meaning their research, suggests that either a single large price decrease or a series of smaller price increases will be most effective. All right, now I explained that in uh, in the previous segment. It may be tempting to slowly lower the price over time, but our data show that this leads consumers to assume that the price will continue to fall, making them hesitant to buy. They're going to wait you out, right? They're going to they're going to see if you'll fold. But if they see just a single price drop, they're more likely to expect a reversal i.e. a single large price increase in the near future. That's going to push them to buy the product now. Similarly, if you just hike the price once, consumers may expect it to fall back down again. All right, uh, But if you repeatedly hike the price in smaller increments, assuming you can do so without pricing out buyers entirely, consumers are likely to expect the price to continue to rise, and so they'll be more likely to buy before it does. On the flip side, our findings can also help buyers make informed decisions about whether and when they can choose to make a purchase. As with any irrational bias, awareness of the natural tendency to expect streaks to continue in single large changes to reverse can help consumers question this assumption before acting on it. Instead of letting this arbitrary expectation guide buying decisions, consumers may benefit by doing a little bit more research around the underlying factors driving price shifts. For example, a predictable one-off event like Black Friday is likely to impact prices differently than a geopolitical event such as Russia's invasion of Ukraine last winter or a macroeconomic trend such as rising inflation. Buyers may also benefit from learning about a product's longer-term price history, fluctuations, and typical industry-wide price ranges to avoid being disproportionately influenced by near-term price changes. It's always it's also always a good idea to think about both how urgent your need for a given product is and your own risk tolerance for a potential price increase as this can affect whether it's worth it for you to wait and see if the price falls. I'm going to take a quick pause here to interject. Obviously, you may be thinking like, okay, Philip, I don't need to think about this uh, that in depth as a pricing. Uh, when it comes to price changes, I'm just going to go, if when I want something, I grab it and I, I'll go do some Google comparison searches or check Amazon or wherever you you know you shop most frequently. 
or I'll just use my honey to see, you know, and if it if it makes me feel good. And I, I get that. Like, listen, I make very emotional um, uh, purchasing decisions too. Nearly all of us, we make those purchasing decisions emotionally and then we justify them rationally. I get it. This obviously is going to be most helpful for you as a shopper, but also you need to understand more of the psychology um, as a seller. The higher the price tag is of the product or the category of product, right? If we're talking about, you know, $30 t-shirts, that's one thing. If we're talking about $3,000 pieces of sofa, now that's a whole different category. Same thing if you're selling a higher-end technology products. Um, you know, if you're if you're an electronics retailer, the higher the price tag, the more that you know, you have to be more, you know, uh, strategic with these changes because people will think about this. And then us as shoppers, you need to have that kind of self-awareness. Well, you, you want to buy at the moment or you, you know, you don't want to buy at the moment. Well, you, it, it, the more you, you could take time to understand what are the factors influencing pricing. Are these guys just skimming cream off the top? Are they are they kind of just playing games to try to influence you? Or is there actual market forces that are driving pricing changes, be it scarcity or lots of alternatives driving down the price because of increased supply? You gotta have that economics hat on and then you have to juxtapose that or add in as another factor you know, what your sense of urgency is, what your risk tolerance is, the whole thing. So this gets into the nerdy side of pricing, but whether you're sitting there to to consciously step outside of yourself as a shopper or to really think about this as a seller, this is all happening subconsciously. And we're making, you know, tons of decisions um, subconsciously. Uh, or as Michael Scott says, it's a bunch of snap decisions, um, whether or not you're you're actually thinking this through or not. So I think that one of the things that, that we take home from this is as a shopper, depending on how, how much that price tick is for you, the, you're talking about furniture electronics, for example, bigger ticket items or maybe that you know $400 pair of boots, you got to think about, okay, why is the price moving in this direction? Uh, is it because of actual market forces? Is it because of something competitive? Or is it because of a marketing tactic to try to drive a decision? And then once again, the sellers... You know, we know from this research that what we're currently seeing, and you need to think these things through because there's additional tools available to consumers so they can actually see and compare lots of different sides of this. Um, the Whether or not you do gradual price changes or sudden price changes, and that up or down is going to affect most consumers in a very predictable way. So we'll finish up the, the very end of the article. You know, there's countless factors that influence consumers' decisions around whether and when to buy and sellers' decisions around how to price their products. But it's important for both sides to recognize the key role that expectations play in influencing these decisions as historical price data becomes increasingly available through both retailers on platforms and third-party price tracking services, managers and consumers alike will benefit from acknowledging how both the direction and frequency of historical price shifts influence our assumptions regarding how the price is likely to change going forward and whether or not it's worth buying now.
I thought that data was really uh, insightful in that it helps me because I consult um, and and directly am involved in pricing strategy for a variety of, for example, consumer product companies, helping them figure out how they're going to price their product. Listen, it's 2023. You know, when when my clients are pricing their whatever it is. We're competing against the entire nation. We're competing against the globe in many respects. So you really need to know, just have a pricing strategy. Um, We as small businesses, maybe historically, you're just kind of looking at what the alternatives are, and then you're looking at your costs, and then, you know, you, you do, there's obviously some strategy to it. I think that we as businesses, we all need to challenge ourselves to go one step further in thinking about how does our pricing model work? How is it profitable consistently over time? Um, you know, how does that factor into the other factors as to what our expected consumer lifetime value is, how much we're spending in marketing to get that first purchase made, the whole kit and caboodle. Is it, is it your, your cash cow? Is it your loss leader? There's a bunch of different stuff that goes into this, but Hey, the, the folks who really think through this just on an evergreen core marketing strategy perspective, they ended up with the deeper pockets and the more scalable growth because they know how to simultaneously protect the company and get good profitability sustainably. And at the same time, they know how to compete uh, in their positioning across the market alternatives, once again, across the nation. We all want to do website sales. Well, that means that you're engaging in bigger markets that you can sell to, but you're also competing in national and global markets. And I'm telling you right now, just as this article says to us, folks have all the tools. They can tell you know, increasingly what your price was a month ago, a week ago, a day ago, and in addition to looking at how your price stacks up against the other options out there. So remember, according to this research, as a seller, um, you do a big pr- price increase uh, all, all at once, people are going to be less likely to buy. You do a big price decrease suddenly, not many uh, price decreases, one significant one, they're more likely to jump on that as a good deal. You start incrementally dot, 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 dot up in the price. It kind of gives that trend of increasing demand and scarcity. They're going to want to buy it before it gets too high. You you slowly drop it. They're going to start to wait you out like a gambler and wait for you to you know fold and keep on dropping the price. And they're just going to keep on waiting you out. So those are some interesting insights, um, some academic research insights that are going to be helpful to us. And of course, hey, as a shopper, I know it's the beginning of the year and most of us are trying to batten down the hatches through tax season after Christmas shopping season. But hey, this gives you a little bit more insights perhaps on um, how you're using your own wallet as a shopper. But thank you all for joining me on today's program and and, uh, sticking with me through the Audible. Connect with me, please, on LinkedIn. Um, I want to learn from y'all, and LinkedIn is a great platform if you're interested in that for sharing thought leadership, what you're doing in your business and and in your business community. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I try to post every day, so perhaps you could value... um, some of my activity in there and would love to connect with you. You can just find me, um, Philip Scroggin, Chief Marketing Nerd at Soul Insights. And don't forget, as y'all go into this week and you go kick butt and take names, in order to lead your market, you must first hear and know your market.